Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Right, okay then. After all that technical blooming nightmare of the blasted microphones not working and Skype playing about, we're here, Aidan. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> oh, I hope you are there. I thought I'd be very subservient after my little outburst last week. <laughs> I thought I'd keep quiet this week. Oh, dear. What was your outburst last <laughs> week? You I introduced you like some dreadful game show. Oh, host yeah, last yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> You did, that's right. Oh, how quickly they forget. Hello, everybody, we're here. It's taken us about, how, let's have a look, 41 minutes of faffing, but we're finally oh. with you and delighted to be so. This is a, a tech addicts issue, not a whatever works indeed, issue. Indeed, indeed. We, we've, we've, we've got this buzz on Skype or something and it just wouldn't go away and it's still there. Anyway, let's get on with it. It's Friday the 18th of March and it is show 158 very exciting. Ooh, we're on the other side of the 50 now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so um, we're, we're raring to go, really. Whateverworks.works is where you'll find links, as usual, on our website to all the stuff we're going to natter on about today, which I've forgotten most of in that technical <laughs> claptrap. Um, but thank you so much to everyone that's joined in the MeWe group, as always, and let us and has let us know whatever works in your lives tedsalmon.com for me which is where you'll find links to all the mewe groups that we're involved in and also all the audio podcasts so head across there tedsalmon.com and aidenbell.com and you'll find out all about what aiden bell is doing and um you can how you can engage him Thank if you, you. <laughs> if you've got if you're if you're if you needed panto directing or something <laughs> If you want to um, uh, buy me a coffee, you can do that at paypal.me forward slash Ted Salmon. Let's get on with it, shall we? Who's first? Mr. Chris Kelly. The stalwart Chris is here with his first item of the episode. And he brings us something I think you might appreciate after the 40 minutes we've just had, Ted. Common Grounds Coffee Porter. Now, don't be put off as I was, or, or rather I should say baffled as I was by the name. It's not a coffee. It's an ale. Chris says, I've been a fan of real ale for many decades, but there has never been a better time to be a beer drinker. Oh, then it's a beer, not an ale. <laughs> the variety <laughs> and quality, what do I know, of craft beers is exceptional with something to suit every palate. For example, tonight I'm enjoying a porter, which is the name of it, brewed in Huddersfield with flavours of coffee, chocolate and vanilla, hence the coffee title. And if you look at the picture, it's a it's a beer in a tin. Uh, I, I jumped. I thought it was a coffee. I can't really comment because, as I've said before, I'm not a beer drinker, but it's certainly a very attractive tin. I can say that. Would you drink this, Ted? <laughs> I'm not sure, really. I, I'm not a great real ale drinker. You know, give me a can of Fosters and I'm away. Um, I think the word porter must be meaning it's some sort of beer, is it? Because it's not... Um, yeah, I think that must be the name of the, the, the make name, I, I assume. Oh, I thought the make was common. Oh. Anyway, um, the, the the point is that this, this looks like really strong real ale, which is coffee and vanilla flavoured. And no, chocolate as well. Blimey. 
<laughs> you see, I can get on board with the coffee, vanilla and chocolate, just not the beer part. <laughs> Do you know what it threw me? I mean, when I looked at it, as I said, it's a very attractive tin. And I, my heart skipped a beat when I looked at this, because I have to put in as a side note, when I was living in, in Austria in the 90s in Vienna, um, times were different and legality wasn't such a problem because I know that what I loved back then was no longer available because it was a coffee in a tin that was in a sort of glass enclosure within the tin. And you you smacked it one or you shook it or you pulled a ring pull. I can't remember exactly what. And you caused a chemical reaction to take place within the glass thermal part of the tin and it heated the coffee. So it was a can mm. of coffee that you could have in your back of your car, like one of these back cans of beer. But when you performed the action, you started a chemical reaction, such as, you know, heated gloves and things, heated hand warmers and foot warmers, I should imagine. Um, and this coffee warmed up and you had hot, hot coffee in a can. It was absolutely gorgeous. I'm quite mm. sure it was also dreadfully dangerous. I mean, you could end up with people with burns and shards of broken glass and being poisoned by the chemicals. Hence, it didn't last longer than the 90s. But my goodness, I did love those things. But that, that's a side point. Yeah, you, yeah. you got me all excited there, Chris. And then it was just a can of beer. <laughs> Yeah, but very posh bear by the sounds of it. I'll tell you something about myself. Shall I tell you something about myself? Oh, please myself tell me something about yourself, Ted. That you don't already know. What's that, Ted? Like, I don't talk to everyone enough times about everything. I don't like food tasting of booze. And, sorry, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, for example, sherry trifle. I, I'd much rather have an ordinary trifle because the sherry just makes it taste funny and another example this week i ordered a um with my shopping i ordered a um tub of hagen das vanilla oh yes they didn't have any, they didn't have any vanilla so they sent me instead pina colada and i thought well and I, actually i looked it up and it said coconut and pineapple and i thought well that sounds nice i'll give that a go anyway i've opened this thing up and if it had been coconut and and pineapple i would have been delighted i think but it's it, it's got this kind of taste of rum going on in it and it's like it's just spoiled it for me very expensive ice cream ruined by less than one percent of alcohol in it and i i don't know i just don't think it's it's like christmas puddings with with booze through them and oh no just just give me food that tastes of food and give me beer that tastes of beer well, no reason not to start with Room 101 for a change. <laughs> Thank you, Ted. Yeah. Right, now, I was trying to get my laptop on a stand and I was struggling to find something the right size, the right shape, the right everything to get my laptop screen up high enough to blah, blah, blah and still use my nice posh keyboard that I talked about on the last show. So, I um, got hold of this thing on Amazon, and I thought I'd give it a try, called the Duronic Laptop Stand, the DML121. I did actually buy some, something similar to this a few years ago, um, but I think I left it behind in Sussex when I moved. Um, anyway, so, it's it's actually very good. It's very flexible. It's got these kind of six legs, and it's got a platform. It's got a big platform, um, which sit, my 17-inch my laptop sits on it fine. Mm -hmm. um, so most, I think most laptops will fit it. Um, and then you kind of change the legs. And inside the legs, the six legs, three each side, they've got little buttons that you push in. And when you push them in, it lets you then move the leg to different I positions. See. When you say six legs, you mean two legs but made up of three 
parts each. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They've got ankles and knees. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you, so on the outside of the the each um, joint, each pivot, you've also got a little um, uh, gauge which tells you the degrees that it's at, which oh, is really handy. Nice, yes. Because um, you get in a right mess <laughs> trying, <laughs> oh, yeah. trying to get these the the, the the legs all at the same for each side. Anyway. The, to cut a long story short, um, it's it's really well. It, it, it's it's not brilliantly made. The legs are plastic, um, but it's okay. It's the 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 platter is metal. Um, it's it, it in your hand. It feels like it's a bit floppy, and you think, oh, uh, this isn't very well made. But actually, when you set it up and put it on the table and put the laptop on it, and this laptop's a really heavy one, um, they reckon that it will take up to ten kilos. Um, it does then feel very solid, very firm, and it works really well. Just over twenty quid. And it's done the job for me. It fits very nicely. Um, you need to measure your laptop, obviously. But as I say, my giant 17-inch um, gaming laptop fits on there. It's 42 centimetres by 27 centimetres is the is the outside. And it's got these little kind of rubber thingies on it and a lip at the front, of course, to stop the thing sliding forward. And you can get it at some wild angles. In fact, you could even um, use it as a little table if you put all the legs in the right position then you can just make it stand upright. It's, anyway, it's an interesting little stand, and it, and it works really well for my purposes. It does seem to be my... It looks like something out of War of the Worlds. <laughs> I rather like yeah. it. it. And I guess it works from everything from sort of hospital beds to uh, studio spaces to wherever you happen yeah. to need to stand your laptop and you can choose your angle. I do rather yeah. like the look of this. Um I don't know if it would take my... I mean, my laptop weighs about 45 kilograms. I have a huge <laughs> laptop for my filming work. But as you say, if it's quite robust... I do, yeah, good call, Ted. I like this. Well, as I say, be careful and get it from Amazon so you can send it back. Because when you first open it, you think, good grief, this isn't very sturdy. But when you start using it, you realise actually it is. It's pretty good. And, and the, the, the legs lock very firmly into place. And apparently Geronic is a good name for all sorts of stuff, not just these stands. They do other stuff as well, so um, watch out for that one. Anyway, there you go, the um, DML121. Thank you very much. At least you can say DML121. I now have to say Chivie, C-I-V-I-E-E. Sounds like a kid song, C-I-V-I-E-E. Anyway, they have made a heated mouse mat and desk pad. I think oh, this was your yeah. find, wasn't it, Ted? Yeah, on the yeah, yeah, group. yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Because indeed, you wrote on the group, not so, no, no good for Aiden, but maybe for others listening. Yeah, my problem is I have serious... Um, Oh, the word popped in my head and disappeared again. There's a name for the disease. I, Reynard, I think it is, in my hand. Very, very cold oh, yeah. hand. So unfortunately, not, an, not enough heat generated for me personally. But nevertheless, very, very nice. Ted Salmon mm. writes, Sometimes your fingers become too cold to type, but you'd rather not turn on the heating in your room. You may be interested in a new graphene heated mouse mat and desk pad called... <laughs> What's the, graphene? <laughs> graphene. I was hoping we'd just slip by that. I don't know. Okay. Actually, there's probably a gag in there, slip by the graphene. The multifunctional warm <laughs> pad allows you to gently heat the area surrounding your keyboard, mouse and laptop, providing a more comfortable and productive working environment. The waterproof heated mouse mat, yes, I suppose if you sweat it would need to be waterproof, has three <laughs> levels of adjustment as well as a timing option to allow you to quickly heat up your area and automatically power off once a temperature is reached or a certain amount of time has passed. Measures 80 centimetres, that's pretty big, by 32. Yeah, yeah. 
too, the desk pad also incorporates a reusable writing pad. It is lovely, Ted, and I wish mm. my hands weren't so ruddy cold that I could make use of it. It does look like a very nice thing. I mean, as you know, we've, we've talked about these desk pads a few times on the show before, and we're both fans of them. I remember you had one with a world yeah. map on it not long ago, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, And do. this one, a heated one, I mean... You know, I, I, I'm sorely tempted to try one anyway, just because. But I think I'd be, I, unfortunately, I'd be wasting my money. Um, it does look lovely. It appears to come in. Oh no, I was looking at uh, what I, what I thought was various colours is actually a split diagram that shows you the one, two, three, four, five different layers within it, I believe. Um, but it, it certainly looks like a well-made product, and um, I wish I wanted one of those. Yeah, it looks lovely. And I, in the winter, I mean, I, I'm the last one to want heating products around me, as you know. But in the winter, I do sometimes get cold hands, That's which is why I got those fingerless gloves I brought on yes, last yes, show. Yes, yes, um, yes. And I, for, for the likes of me, this actually might work quite well. Um you know, because I don't have an extreme need like you yes, do, but yes. I'm not going to. I'm not going to pay sixty quid for it. And actually, the sixty quid is forty five percent off the retail price from oh, this Kickstarter. Ouch. Oh, the sixty pounds so. part I hadn't noticed. No, that is a lot. <laughs> well, that's well, it's going to be a hundred pounds, isn't it, with the forty five percent added on. Yeah, no, I'm happy so, yeah. with that. I, I posted a picture on the group, in fact, of, of my setup, which is a, a little fan, which I remember bringing yeah. on the show a couple of years ago. Quite a powerful little desk desk fan uh, with a piece of, uh, there's a name for that piping that's used in industry, that plastic piping with a spiral yeah, that yeah. runs through it. Uh, duct piping. A huge, you know, sort of three inch wide piping, which sort of blows this hot air on my poor little hand as I'm working. But for, for mm. normal, sensible people who can afford 60 quid, I think this could be recommended. Or 100 quid. Yeah, or 100 Depending quid. on how quick you are. Yes. As uh, so these Kickstarter campaigns, the early bird is 60 quid. Don't be left out in the cold. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> right, I've got a Ted top, Ted's top tip now. Oh, can I play the jingle? Actually, um, that's a good shout because I, in moving backwards and forwards, I've got left my coffee behind. Hang on. <laughs> Ted's getting his coffee. Oh, Let's oh. have a jingle. Oh. Ted's top tips. Ted's top tips. Ted's top tips. Right, okay, I'm back now. <clears throat> you still there? Yeah, I'm still I had a sip of my tea while you were looking for your coffee. Well done. Right, okay, so I'm gonna you've done the jingle, right? I've done the jingle, sir, yes. While you were away, the listeners and I enjoyed a little jingle. <laughs> <laughs> right, my top tip this time um is to check your chair bolts. The other day, right, I've got this chair which I've brought to the show before. It's a great chair, super big um, office chair. And um I found a bolt on the floor, and I thought, good grief, where's that come from? Anyway, I turned the thing over, and sure enough, it was one of the bolts from underneath, which mm. hold the plate in the middle, and it had just worked its way loose, I guess. So, um, yeah, it's a very simple top tip, really, is, is that don't, you know, when you put these things together with an alum key, don't trust that it will stay there forever. Go and check it now and again. Um, the, the other three, I, I checked them, and, and you know they were all, all the, the, the the remaining three were needing um, significant retightening as well. Mike Robbins jumped into the group and said, "I didn't realise this, but he says that if you put a tincture of super glue into the um, thingy into the bolt while you're screwing it in, it holds it better and for longer, and significantly." 
doesn't stop you undoing them when you when you when you turn them to undo them. Now, you see, I would have thought I would have thought that would have just stuck it tight forever, wouldn't you? Well, I would, but then again, if you think of the force that you apply on this thing when you undo it with a wrench, it would have to be the super glue from hell to be able to hold it tight. Yeah, I suppose so. And you have only used a tincture. What a beautiful word, Mike. A tincture of super glue. That's my word, not his. Oh, well, this, a beautiful this, word, This, Mr. this is my edit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I think two top tips there. Both the checking your bolts and the tincture of superglue, I think, is a very fine <laughs> idea. Well, I mean, let's face uh, it. The, the, the state of San Francisco have to check the, the bridge, don't they? And by the time they get to the end of it, they have to go back to the beginning yeah. and start again. Why shouldn't the same principle apply to things we have at home? that we put yeah, together and right. could come loose over time. I guess you just don't think about stuff like that. You just you you put it together like self-assembly furniture and you think, "Oh, that's it, done." That's but, right. Yeah, yeah, it may check, not be. Check it up. Anyway, that was my top tip for today. Thank you, Ted. Chris Kelly number 2. <laughs> this one I can pronounce, Chris. Thank you. Airstream Estream electric camping trailer. This oh, yeah. is a self-driving electric Airstream trailer that smartens up off-grid living, says Chris. High voltage, 80 kilowatt per hour, lithium battery pack runs the dual motor electric drive. Energy is necessary for powering the electric drive that cuts the trailer's effective tow weight to nil, improving range and efficiency of the towing vehicle. So if I understand this correctly, it's not a camping trailer that actually drives all by itself down the road. But what it does is you, you fit it up to your car in the normal fashion, but it helps. It's a bit like an electric bike helps you to, to pedal more easily. This thing is driving behind your car to help push while you're pulling i've understood that right Haven't saving I fuel yeah, yeah yeah you're basically saving fuel because the batteries in the thing making it lighter like an electric bike i it... just said that <laughs> oh did you sorry <laughs> you were drinking a coffee again weren't yeah. you i'll carry on <laughs> increases the range the towing vehicle can pull the e-steam by 50 to 75 percent a motor at each axle, integrated electronic stability control, anti-sway assist. Yeah, that's the thing that scares me with mm. caravans. This anti-sway assist, I'd like that. Added traction. Trailer motors can lock, providing built-in anti-theft. Full aerodynamics. It goes on and on. Batteries are also onboard camping equipped. Batteries also power onboard camping equipment, including air conditioning, cooking, climate control, refrigeration and more. 5G connectivity system Yay. for web access. This is a camper van that talks to the web. Charge up yeah. driving. Charge up driving the drive. I'm not quite sure. Oh, see, charge during the drive. While you're driving, you're charging. The roof is covered with 900 watts of semi-flexible solar panels. <laughs> it will support off-grid camping for up to two weeks. There's an app, of course. Use a joystick-style mobile app to control the electric drive for remotely parking and manoeuvring. Yeah, but it doesn't make coffee, does it, Chris? <laughs> the battery charges the kettle, though. Yes, it probably does. This really, the, really, if you, I mean, we'll put a link in the show notes, but if you go through and look at this site that Chris yeah. has linked to, it's really ever so interesting what they've done, the stuff they put into this trailer in order to, um, well, caravan to us, yes. but trailer to them. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I, it's really been ever so well thought out. It, very impressive all, all round. And the the roof being covered in solar panels is the the piece de resistance. It really is. I mean, I have to say, I've never been a fan of trailers slash caravans. I, I I am quite into my um, Winnebago, you know, the the all in one that's got a mm. drive at the front. 
Uh, but I, I'm not, I've never been a fan of the towing a caravan system. However, I'm very impressed with the technology and how this thing works and what it does and all the bells and whistles it's got. So um, yeah. if they build one that's got an engine in the front, I might be interested. That anti-sway thing, when, when I was pulling a caravan, we, the, the, it was at the time when they brought in these anti-snake mm. anti uh, mechanisms. Yes. And it, that made a huge difference. Be, before that, you know, we, ha we had some friends who actually snaked uh, their caravan and, and it turned over. Oh. And it, it was, it's really frightening. So that whole um, technology is really useful. Yeah, I mean, 200 years ago when I was a boy and we used to go for family holidays to France, I mean, I do have vague memories of seeing caravan accidents where, I mean, the caravan mm. just rips apart like paper when it goes over, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Very scary stuff. Very scary indeed. So, yeah, the ultimate um, caravan, by the looks of it. Thanks, Chris. I got I got a boogie board. I got a boogie board note. <laughs> I don't know why it's called a boogie board, but at least it made me sing a bit. Um, I teased this thing, if you remember, a couple of shows ago. Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to rip... I, uh, at my computer, uh, I still have a pen and paper because there are times when I just don't trust the computer. If somebody's on the phone and says, write down this number, I'm going to write it on a bit of paper. I'm not going to write it on the computer. It's just because I'm old fashioned like that. And I wondered if there was a way to slowly move myself kicking and screaming into the 21st century uh, and see if I could replace my pen and paper with something of a similar ilk, but not pen and paper. And I've done it again with the help of the wonderful Chris Kelly on the group. Uh, several kind people uh, participated in a MeWe discussion and it was actually Chris that drew my attention to the boogie board. Um, what I said was I wanted something a bit like a digital etch-a-sketch. And blow me, that's exactly what this is. I'm holding it in my hand now. And it is. It's a... It's a sadly rather cheap and tacky feeling and that's the downside it doesn't feel like a premium product it does feel rather plasticky but if you can put that aside I'm holding this in my hand and I'm scribbling on it with the pen and it's making scribbly notes and it looks a bit very much like an extra sketch it's even got that sort of slight um, oh, highlight pen look that Etch-a-Sketch might give you if it were in colour, for this is yellow. But the lovely thing and the difference to Etch-a-Sketch is there's a button at the top, and when I press it, et voila, the whole thing disappears. So it is rather cute. I can scribble on this thing. There's a lock button, which is a physical move-it-across switch, and if I move the lock switch across and then press the delete button, nothing will delete, and what I've written on the pad is safe and stays there until I unlock it. But if I don't use the lock, then I can just press this button and whatever I've drawn or written on the pad disappears. Now, that is me happy. I'm a happy boy. I have this on my desk. I have the pen. <laughs> I use it. There's more. Come here, there's more. Unfortunately, yeah. I cannot report on the more because in typical Aiden Bell style, I've got to where I'm happy and I've not bothered to investigate the rest. But if you want to, the pen apparently has a memory in it and you can connect this to an app on your phone such that whatever you write on the pad, there's a second button on the left side of the delete button. And if you press that, uh, I believe it pings whatever you've written from the pen to your phone. And you can then you then have a record of your scribblings in the app on your phone. But I'm afraid I can't review that because I didn't need it. I didn't want it. I didn't want to go down that learning curve down that route. I'm very happy with my little Etch-a-Sketch. Um, it's very nice. It's The pen is slightly magnetic. At the bottom of this thing, there's a slight uh, horizontal groove that the pen can sit in so it doesn't roll around on your desk. 
It also came with something else that I'm not personally interested and in, don't need, but a very nice fold, ha fold in half case. Again, with a nice satisfying magnetic click. And it's got three little, um, little hooky things. So you can, I mean, very like phone cases, you can put this thing into the, into the right hand side of it with the hooks and then you fold the left hand side over and it clamps shut with the, with the magnetic uh, closers. As I say, very like a phone case. The irony is the case actually feels sturdier and more expensive than the device itself. And I don't need the case. I'm only using the device. Um, it cost, I can't remember exactly now. Have I put it in the thing? No, I haven't. I'm a naughty boy. It cost something around the 30 quid mark. I, I, found, it on e I found it on eBay. Uh, I couldn't find it on Amazon. I think it's an American product. So I've sourced one on eBay and I think it was £29, which... I might hesitate a little now that I have one and I'm holding it in my hands and I'm feeling how slightly tacky it is. I might think twice about it. However, <laughs> it works fine. I mean, you know, it's only the snob in me that doesn't like the tackiness. There's nothing wrong with Plastic Fantastic, as Samson proved. Um, and it, it works. You know, I would like it to feel sturdier and heavier and metal and a nice sort of um, what's that word for the rubber they use on sex toys <laughs> that they put on the phone, back of phones. I'd like that sort of feel to it. Rather, latex. It's sort of latex. You know, is it neoprene? That, that sort of latex. Neoprene. Oh, right, yeah, right, that yes, sort yeah. of nice. Um, the feel that the, the, the high end phones have when you hold them, uh, which this doesn't have. But given that it actually sits on my desk, I don't have to pick it up. I just scribble on it and then wipe out what I've scribbled. It does exactly what I wanted. And so I should be happier than I am. <laughs> but um, I, I think I would recommend it. Uh, you said yourself, Ted, in the last show, and indeed you're quite correct. There do seem to be a number of these available. A lot of them are aimed, I think, at the kids market. You see them with pictures of animals and children enjoying drawing on them and erasing it. And of course, that put me off. And so I didn't go down those cheaper routes. I went for one that looked more like a professional piece of equipment, hence ending up paying 29 quid for a boogie board. So perhaps I would have been just as well off paying 10 quid for one of the kids ones. I don't know. But um, I am ultimately happy with it and I don't regret buying it. And I own a boogie board and I no longer use a pen and paper at my computer. Voila. I do, I do think that you're probably paying 29 quid because you um, have got all that other functionality, which you... Which I'm not using. Um, <laughs> which you're not yes, using. And it, it, that's got to be the best review you've ever done. It's the... the, <laughs> um, the <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all the interesting functionalities being left out completely. <laughs> I know, I'm awful on it. I have to send it okay, to you for a so, week, Ted, and you can review it for us. <laughs> so if you so if you got one of those five quid ones from Amazon that are aimed at kids, it would do everything you want it to do, I reckon. Um but yeah, what you're what you're paying for there is the extra stuff yeah. to do with the app and the development of the you know, um saving it on the phone and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So you probably could have got got away with that much cheaper. I mean, I, well, I mean, it, it's still not too late for me to look at buying one on eBay and then just sell this one on because it's still in perfect nick and I've got all the packaging that goes with it um, to someone who might find it more useful, <coughs> Ted Salmon, than myself. But um, <laughs> there we are. <laughs> I've got one. Well, I've got a posh one, um, a, a posh version of it, which is a, a, a thing called a books, B-O-O-X, which is a, like a, a, a souped up Kindle. Oh, and that but that, does, that one's in the hundreds of pounds, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it. Yeah, I got it years ago, right. and, and it sits there not doing much. But it does just what you're describing, yeah. um, and more, yeah. of course. Anyway, um, yeah. So anyone that wants one of these, then you know, if you're not going to use those features, do check out Amazon for some cheaper versions. I would suggest that actually. Yes, if anybody listening would be interested to take this off me for a fair price, then that might be a sensible thing because then they will get the benefit of all the functions I don't need, and I can then buy myself a a, a kiddies toy giraffe one instead and it'll probably do me just as well <laughs> as long as you make sure that it does the one button erase thing. the one button erase is, is, is yeah. beautiful yeah. that that really is it, it's like an etch-a-sketch until you realize you don't have to rub it off or draw anything from top to bottom you just press a button and click it's all gone and who knows yeah. ted maybe in 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 time when my, if, if people may know i'm waiting for a new phone which is imminent <clears throat> um when the phone does arrive perhaps at that point i'll think oh let's give this a try and i'll fall in with the connection possibilities who knows yeah 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 but uh we'll have to see when if and when it arrives indeed yes right now i'm going to put usb c in the same bracket as aa batteries now oh goodness because me usb usb c is just the most i was looking for a radio this week because my dad's radio broke mm-hmm. and there's so many of them out there which are really really nice and then you look at the connection thingy the charging cable and it's blooming micro usb still <laughs> you think, oh, yeah. goodness sake come on it's 2022 now so anyway um the rita l corey um over on um all about android no not all about android um android authority i think it was um she has discovered this mini vacuum which charges by usb-c there's the link and guess who it's made by yes xiaomi so she reckons that it's really really good um i'll I'll link to her review in the show notes because it's it's extensive her review and it goes into all the nitty-gritty um but she the the highlights are it's really good it charges uh, conveniently from the usb-c obviously it sucks well um and she she was she she's the same as me finding usb-c versions of stuff has become a mild obsession she says um so you know if you can charge your vacuum cleaner with the same cable as your phone then why not and that's how it should be universal charging i agree rita absolutely so this thing is not cheap it's a little desktop um mini vacuum cleaner that you use for cleaning your keyboard and stuff um getting into nooks and crannies and it, the Xiaomi one is 40 or 50 quid so it's not cheap and um it's not that easy to find to be honest she's linked to a page on amazon.com in america to get one i think um but uh, as a result of this, John Doe checked Sorry, in. Sorry, can I just interrupt this, Ted? I have, I'm looking at it on Amazon UK, £34. Oh, OK, £34, is it? It's gone down and then. And there's also a good. picture that seems to indicate it might make a very good travel vacuum as well, because it's put alongside yeah, yeah. a shirt. So that's a, I don't quite know why you'd want to travel a vacuum. <laughs> but if you did, yeah. this one would do. Yeah, yeah. When, when I looked the other day, it was um, it was forty something pounds, and it was also not available at the moment. So they've obviously got something. I told Jeff now. Bezos we'd be mentioning it, so he's brought the price down a bit for us. Well done. On the back of this, John Doe chipped in, however, and said that he uses an O Polar two in one vacuum cleaner, which is a high power cordless air duster. Amazon UK, but this this one's seventy quid, so it's more expensive. Um, He he says that Rita's Rita's one is about fifty percent more powerful than the one he's got, but um, his one 
also has a blower. And that comes in handy, he says, when you've got to clean out the inside of filters or the inside of your computer or whatever it is you want to do. Oh, yes. Actually yes. blowing instead of sucking, which is great. So he says it's a replacement for a compressed air arrangement. So John reckons that that 70 quid is probably worth it. I do, the, trust, that, that I do trust it does blow clean air. It doesn't just start blowing back out everything it's sucked in and blow it into your computer. Yes. <laughs> uh, I looked in the back of my computer the other day. Oh, don't do that. That's so dangerous. No, oh, yeah. It's really dusty. I know. Isn't it incredible? Yeah. There's a family of spiders in but there. But it's so satisfying when you have to open a computer for whatever reason and you just put a vacuum in there and the whole thing changes from grey to black before <laughs> your eyes. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, my interest in these was spiked a few years ago when Steve Litchfield brought um, a small vacuum onto the show. Uh, and subsequently, I bought a Black & Decker Dustbuster, which I'm looking at now, which sits on the wall in my studio. And then about a year later, I bought a wet version of the Black & Decker Dustbuster for the kitchen. And I'm now a big fan of, of mini vacuums. I find them so useful. I use the one in the kitchen right. every single day. You know, you just spot a bit of dust or a crumb or some bit of old detritus somewhere and just <laughs> suck it up and put the vacuum back down again. Great fun. Yeah, yeah. I should get one. I haven't got one. But certainly one of these little handheld ones are different to a dust buster because they, I think these Back and Decker ones tend to be like too big in my view. But these ones are designed for keyboard use, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and USB-C. Yay. Yes, I mean, the thing is that the Black & Decker one, it's almost like having a, a real, in inverted commas, vacuum in miniature. Whereas, yeah, obviously, yeah, these yeah. tiny ones are not... You can They'll be fantastic for cleaning a keyboard, but you couldn't do your carpet with it. No, no. And, well, you could very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> the universe was unkind to me this week, Ted. Um, I had to run my mother somewhere and I needed to kill some time. I found myself in a garden centre having a little wander and enjoying looking in a real shop and enjoying actually being in a shop and looking and touching and smelling and feeling the products before considering buying them or not. And consequently, yeah. I did buy a small product. I... Is that S-H-O-P? Indeed. <laughs> S -H -O -P. Oh, right. Do you remember those? Okay. Yeah. Uh, just about. I bought a Premier Fence wall and post light. <laughs> I, I was wandering around and I got to the lighting section and I thought, oh, I need a motion detecting light. Uh, and I know Ted does too. So I think I'll get one of these and try it out. And I was so happy to sort of clutch this thing to my bosom and think I'm buying it from a real shop. Um, I bought the wrong <laughs> bloody thing, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I got home and opened this. I mean, it's a little light. It's a, it's a very small. It cost me seven quid. So I mean, I'm, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna kill me. It's not gonna break the bank. Yeah. But um, it's a little tiny uh, light, uh, about the size of a couple of cigarette packets in old money. It's got a little solar thingy on the top and on the bottom. It's like a triangle, and the top, uh, top facing tr uh, side has solar on it. The bottom facing side has six LED lights. I thought it was PIR motion detecting and I was going to put it outside uh, the light that I'm looking for for the garage. So if I have to go out to the garage door at night, it detects me coming, turns the light on and when I've gone, it yeah. turns the light off. Uh, and I know that you were looking for something similar for when you come I home was, on the yeah. bike. Yeah. Well, yeah. unfortunately, what I've bought is a very efficient, it seems, um, sort of dusk till dawn light. What this does is it comes on when it gets dark. It has a light sensor, not a movement sensor. When it gets dark, it comes on and it stays on either until it gets light again or the battery runs out whichever is the sooner <laughs> uh, it claims it's got six hour battery life and then um, you know the next day the sun comes out and charges it up again ready for the next night 
Um, so I can't use it. So, and of course, yeah. I mean, the, the real irony is that because I didn't buy it from Amazon, I can't return it. It's a garden centre yeah. down the road in yeah. Stevenage. It's not worth the petrol to take it back. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I tried. Sure. I really tried to go shopping properly. I tried. Um, but I've actually found, I thought of a use for it because... Um, out in my garden with my great penchant for the wildlife. And I built a pond in the garden, I may have mentioned. And um, I've also got bat boxes, which have not been used for a year yet. Uh, they've been up there for a year. No bats yet. But uh, apparently it takes quite some time for the bats to discover them. But it did occur to me, I'm going to put this light up on the wall of the house as high as I can, upside down. So the LEDs are pointing upwards, possibly, otherwise the, the right way up in case I decide the solar panels won't get enough light. And I'm going to let it come on and go off as, as, a, as an insect attracting light on behalf of the bats. How kind am I? It's because it's, it's very small. I mean, it's not much light that it produces, but it will be a little beacon of light at night saying, insects, come to me, come to me. And the insects will gather around and then the bats will go, oh, ah, insects, oh, well, live here. So uh, they can't see them. They know. They know. They're clever. <laughs> um, so there it is. I've, I've found a use for it. But um, that's the end of my story, really. Don't go shopping. Buy from Amazon after all. Ignore everything I've ever said. <laughs> Be interesting actually to see if the bats um, are put off if it makes a noise when it comes on and goes off. Although it doesn't make a noise, it's too small and cheap for that. No, no, it won't make. It doesn't make any noise, and it does seem to work extremely well. I mean, I've tested it for the last couple of days. It's a relatively bright LEDs. It's not terribly bright. It couldn't be. It's got a tiny little built-in solar charge battery, so you can't expect it to be, you know, building site bright. But it's okay. It, it, it's illumination, and it comes on and goes off as it should. So, I just don't need it. <laughs> next yeah yeah well I, you're right i'm looking for exactly the same thing which is something just where my moped um gets parked yes to come on when it sees me fiddling about with the lock trying to un put the key in and lock it all up and all the rest of it and then as soon as i walk away um it goes off we, we've got those we've spoken about them on the show the hundred times but i just need a um uh, a um a, um a um what, what what's the word i'm trying to think of um, i need a oh yes um w weatherproof one <laughs> i'm going i have to decide whether to put an edit in there or let you suffer ted <laughs> um we 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 yeah the weatherproofing is the issue here because we we've got loads of these but they're all indoor yes, ones yes. that's the point and I want one that is an outdoor yes. one, robust, um, and that takes um, AA batteries. I don't want to be mucking about hoping that we get some. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah and you'll get going. a much brighter LED with real batteries as well. Exactly. Well, try your local I, garden centre, Ted. <laughs> I shall. Maybe I shall. <laughs> Now, um, I noticed this article in the um, in the in somewhere this week. I can't remember where it was about. Um, I think it was the BBC, BBC actually. About harvesting the wind by using kites instead of, um, you know, t wind turbine yes. thingies, which are gigantic sails, which um, are just, you know, very, very expensive to, to, to use. And apparently um, they started using these kites instead. So in order to um, harvest the... Now, I was trying to work out how on earth this works. And, and apparently, if you put a whacking great big kite up in the air, it sits up there, and then the movement of the string, the tug and the pull yes. of whatever, 
hooks up to some mechanism down on the ground and that's what generates the electricity in some you know the same way yes. as you would have um, um, a, 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 a water generated dam or something um, and apparently some of them have also got some uh, kind of turbine thingies on board the actual kite themselves so the, what they're saying is that you put these things up in the air and there's so much movement around in the air and they can respond much more efficiently than wind turbine thingies they're much cheaper to put up and blah 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 and this place in uh, Mauritius is proving that they can um, put enough uh, get enough electricity from whatever they're doing in this this project there to uh, to, to power 50 homes wow. so really interesting bit of technology and um, you know why didn't we think of that before is the question so port- I'll put a link in the sh- sorry sorry after you Ted I'll put a link in the show notes to the article um, which is quite interesting and, and quite long and, and goes into great detail uh, your turn I was just going to say portable so I mean you could go, you could take these into, into Africa and into places where they don't have the infrastructure yeah. or the money to put up bloody great big wind turbines and you just you know presumably you could drive in with one of these in the back of a truck and just launch it yeah, yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Um, you just need some wind then. Yes. Right, all together now. Let's go fly a kite up in the Fahrenheit. Let's go fly a kite. <coughs> right, it's enough of that. Now, another one of our occasional features in which Aidan abuses his privilege as a podcast presenter by asking for help. <laughs> I've got one for the hive mind. I do feel guilty, I have to say. I tend to pop up on the group going, can somebody help me with this? But you're just such good folks with good ideas. It's lovely to know that the hive mind is there if required. And boy, was it ever. Listen to this. Um, We, as a lot of people probably have done, we had a communication from our uh, energy company saying, you're going to spend a lot of money this year. Ha, ha, ha. Um, I won't bore you with figures, but... The money that we have been spending in the past tense on our electricity is outrageous. The problem is, um, as I think our listeners know by now, I share a a bungalow with my mother, uh, a bungalow that was built by my father, a wooden bungalow, Colt, that was built in the 60s. And my father amazingly did almost everything, the building, the plumbing, the electricity. And we have heating panels in the ceiling. And we've talked about this on the show before, Ted, because I can't get my head around the fact that the heat radiates. My brain says heat rises, cold falls. If you heat the ceiling, what a waste. But apparently, no, they're fine. But they're not fine when they're 60 years old. The the nutshell is that our heating panels have had it and they're not functioning properly and they're burning through more power than they should. And I'm coming to the sad but inevitable conclusion that these heating panels have had it and we cannot go through another winter trying to heat the house with the heating panels because although they do so efficiently that well they're not efficient they do heat the house it's not efficient it's extremely expensive so the hive mind is come this winter coming i'm going to have to find another way of heating our house now, mm-hmm. you may yeah. remember I brought onto the show a few shows ago this um, new radiator that's a stone radiator that has a whacking great bit of stone in it. And I was joking and laughing about how it had a digital menu that I'd have to cope with. And in fact, I did cope with the digital menu. And I'm very pleased with that. So I'm wondering if stone radiators is the way to go. But I'm going to need to do some careful um, and luckily I've got plenty of time, slow research over the coming weeks and months. The best method of heating a bungalow with one, two, three, four, five. Well, it's a six, six rooms or so, but we may not need to heat all of them. 
Any thoughts from the group? Any suggestions and ideas of an economical way to heat a bungalow? The situation I'm in is that we may not be here long enough for it to be worth actually installing, in inverted commas. There's utterly no point in replacing the heating panels. I don't want to go installing fixed wall radiators everywhere uh, and plumbing everywhere. It's just not worth it because we just... Where are you going? Sorry? Where are you going? Well, the thing is, it'll see us out. That's the problem. I don't want to spend a fortune on re-blah, blah, blahing the house only to find that we only need it for six months or a year or yeah, a couple yeah, of years yeah, or three or yeah. years, three, even three or four years. Anyway, thoughts, please. If you uh, Hang on a minute. If you get these heat pump thingies, you can get the government to pay I, for Yeah, them. now that's an idea I've already discussed with a friend. But the problem is our house is, as I say, 60-year-old house. Then I would have to spend a lot of time and effort and money uh, re-insulating the entire house. <laughs> because apparently, right. I am told, these heat pumps only work if you have super efficient um, heat retention, which we absolutely yeah. don't. So um, yeah. at the moment, I'm thinking stone radiators is the way to go uh, and not necessarily plumbed or fixed permanently in, even if they're on wheels and could be moved around rooms. I don't know. Uh, we've got no gas, by the way. Anybody who's, who's kind enough to give us some thoughts and suggestions says no gas in the house. It's purely electric. And with that, thank you very much. And we now return you to your normal broadcast. <laughs> Yay! Now I'm going to go to IKEA for my oh, cheapest chips. Oh, always good. Oh, yes. A £2.25 wall clock, Better. which is really interesting because the in the numbers, it's they've got see-through um, glass or plastic or whatever. So whatever you put behind it shines oh. through the numbers. Oh. So if you put it in front of a light, for example, then it will shine through the light. If you put it in front of a piece of green paper, then you'll see green in the letters. Brilliant. Oh, a fiendish, fiendish. idea. £2.25, oh. and I got this really crappy wall oh. clock. I, I really, I, I was thinking I might get one of these. The only trouble is that with IKEA, you've got to pay for postage. Now, if I ordered that £2.25 clock, it was going to cost £4 postage. Oh. So, I started an experiment to see, right, um, if I keep piling stuff into my basket, because they weren't very clear about postage yeah. costs, um, how much will I be able to get before that four pound changes? Anyway, I stopped at thirty quid. I got, I filled. Uh, so, so you could go um, and and get lots of this kind of cheapest chips yes. under a fiver stuff. And and it, IKEA, I'll link in the show notes to the under a fiver page because there's oodles of them, and loads of cheap and interesting stuff. And if you got you know up to thirty or forty or fifty quid, maybe or whatever you wanted, yes. you'd, it looks like you'll still pay four pound for the postage. So that's pretty good. Well, of course. You could just walk round to the shop if you live there. Well, the one. thing is, I'm thinking I don't. My nearest IKEA, I think, is Wembley, which is bloody miles. I want one, Ted. Yeah. We need to buy two and split the postage, or so. Then you've got to post it to me. Oh, I don't know. I want one. <laughs> yeah. Swine. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that clock does look nice. Uh, Two pound twenty. I remember the wall clock that I got when I came up here in the, in the static. I got it from a local shop, and it was six pound then, and it's crap. It really is awful. I bet you the IKEA one for less than half the price is is oodles better. IKEA's got good oh, stuff. Oh, hasn't it just? I've got a quick one. Quick because it's so niche. I doubt anyone listening will be interested, so I'll keep it really quick. Uh, my <laughs> mum has been having some eye trouble lately and needed to block off and I needed to patch over one eye, but with her glasses, as it were. So to patch the glasses, if you see what I mean. Um, right. And she went through various attempts with, you know, tissue paper and material and sticky tape and trying to make this work. And, and so, of course, I jumped onto our favourite website and for £3.99, delivered the following day before one o'clock, I bought her 
12, I only needed one, eye patches for glasses, <laughs> which is very simple, you know, piece of material sort of cut and folded and you, you, you thread it. Well, you basically, what's the word? You put I, it. I know what you mean. You weave, you weave the. Yeah, the, the, the arm. The it. arm of yeah. the glasses goes through yeah. the whole of this thing and it just sort of uh, travels round uh, and becomes a right angle on whichever eye you've need, chosen to put it on. And voila, you're, you have a blackout pair of glasses. As I say, why I needed 12, I have no idea, but you get six each of two different sizes. Uh, but for four quid um, and it did a job perfectly. And, 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 you know, if you have to have an eye patch, it certainly looks a lot smarter than wrapping bits of paper around your eyes or whatever. And um, there we are. My mother's doing very well. Thank you. All, all is well. And I now have 11 eye patches if anyone wants one. <laughs> yes. Why, do, why does she need an eye patch? Is it something embarrassing? No, not at all. She's had uh, all her life. She's had difficulty with um, detached retina and has had um, operations on her eyes throughout her life. And uh, this is just the latest emanation of that. And and you've got to make it. Yeah, dark I took up an appointment. Because it's to do with um, it's to do with when they when there are problems with the eye, it's better for the eye when the vision becomes blurry, or you've got floaters, or you've got a detachment coming. Uh, it's it's much more comfortable and and better for the eye to have okay. it in complete blackness. Now the the picture doesn't show whether it covers like over the top and under the bottom. Only front and yeah, side. Yeah, that was a, it, a slight it, problem my mother had. That um, right. this, this sort of works on, I think, the idea that you know of horse blinkers. As long as you can't see forward, you know, my mother did have yeah, a problem. Yeah. She would, she has ended up adding additional tape to try and complete because she's a bit like me. You oh, know okay. that phobia I've got. I can't sleep in a room if there's a single LED somewhere. Yeah. My mother is the same. I've obviously inherited that gene from her. So she what she has also been trying to completely block them out. So yeah, okay. I think if one were to do some more research, it would be good to try and find one that's. Uh, bigger and fatter and covers more area. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those. Right, the USB microscope camera, 40 times a magnification to 1,000 times magnification, and it's only 20 quid. Oh, what fun! The reason that I wanted one of these, um, and uh, I don't know, but th there was a phone that I was really lusting after called the Oppo Find X3 Pro, which had a microscope microscope camera on board as one of the cameras on the back. And I always wanted to have a go at this, but this bloomin' phone was like a £1,000 plus, so I never got one. And Oppo phones are not very readily available, um, you know, mm -hmm. in the UK anyway. Anyway, so I got to thinking there must be a cheaper and another way. And, and maybe this is it. Um, of course, it will depend on the quality of the lens and how good the images are. Um, but, you know, for 20 quid, I, I think that you could have some real fun with this, or I could anyway. I quite like the idea of microscope photography and what you can do with it by, by zooming in really, really closely. I should have worked in a lab, I think. I should have been a scientist in a lab because this this whole kind of close-up thing really fascinates me. But, yeah, for 18 or 20 quid... Um, depending on which uh, day you order it from Amazon, <laughs> yes. you could do... It, it would almost be worth trying it, just because it's relatively cheap. Um, but I'd certainly want one of those and give it a go and see how... Are you fascinated I by am. That? I mean, it's, again, it's one of those things I couldn't conceivably think of any actual sensible, in inverted commas, use case. However, like yourself, I'm fascinated by looking at the, at the miniature and it would be so much fun to just go around the house. What can I put under it now and look at? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But that would be a honeymoon period that would last a week or so, isn't it? And then you'd be stuck yeah. with a 20 quid microscope and you don't know what to do with it. So, again, we'd have to share it. We'd have to pay £10 each and share it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least you wouldn't have 11 spare ones. No, that's very true. Oh, no, I mean, I'm getting a little bit engrossed now looking at it on Amazon. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a toy, isn't it? It really is. For the likes of you and I, it's just a fun toy to play with. And as you say, yeah, if yeah. you could get half-decent photographs with it as well, great fun, great fun. Well, that's the, well, that's the thing is that once you, you, know, you, you hook this up to your phone and, um, or your tablet or your computer or whatever, and you know, you, you, you don't just look at this stuff through it. You actually take photographs and, and you can then um, you know, have a look yes. at them on big screen. It, it would depend really very much on how good the, the images are because if, you put, if it was a rubbish um, image and then you put it on a 1080p screen, for example... Um, and it was all blurry, then it'd be no good at all. But it reviewed quite well, and I thought, yeah, I, I think that that probably is not crap. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but that's the bane of phone cameras <laughs> everywhere, isn't it? They look amazing on the screen of your cam phone, and then when you blow it up on your computer or print a large print from it, they don't look so good anymore. So that's the world we yeah, live in. Yeah. Sorry, Steve. Um, <laughs> there are there are lots of um, varying reports. If you if you read through the reviews, there are some people saying this is brilliant, great fun. Kids are using it, and then the next one's saying this is useless. Don't bother. So it would be a twenty pound experiment, which could be returned. This one has bugged me for a long, long, long time. But uh, there's a shop, uh, I don't know if you know, B and, is it B&H? Uh, the sort of pound, glorified pound shop. Not a bad shop, actually. And we have one opposite our Tesco's. And I've been going in there lately. And, and they, they annoy me because their queuing system, well, they, I, there is no system. That's the problem. Queues, I don't mind queuing. We're British. We love queuing. The British are great at queuing. There's no problem with queuing if you know that it's a fair queue. I like a queue where there's one queue and you stand in it. And when you get to the front, you either go straight forward to the only checkout or if there are several checkouts, then you just siphon, you know, you just move across left or right to the next available checkout. And that is a fair method of queuing. And that's the method of queuing. I think everybody should use counter number eight, please. That sort of queuing. Then you get this increasingly common system where you have one queue but then it's not really clear where it is because it sort of disappears up an aisle or round a corner or something so it all sort of becomes a lottery whether you're standing in the right place and whether you see other people getting in front of you in the queue and you think hang on oh well, the queue isn't here oh the queue's here is it and then there's the third system which is basically what they have in um this shop opposite me, which is basically a free-for-all. You have what's supposed to be a queue, but then there are sort of tributary queues left and right, and anybody can just walk up where they want, and, and the cashiers don't care. I just think it's... I don't really... I'm just annoyed. It just annoys me. There's Queuing is so easy. One line, and when you get to the front of the line, you're the next customer. And shops that don't adhere to that have a problem, especially now that COVID's finally finally moving into the back mirror and so places are becoming busier again and um i don't know i mean if if this awful war continues there's going to be some various shortages and problems we may be doing a lot of queuing in the coming weeks and months it would be nice to think that the british who are so good at queuing could learn to do it better that's all i'll tell you where um, people are really bad at queuing even in britain is in pubs 
So oh, busy Friday yes, night. Yes, yes, round the round the bar. The, the person that gets served is the one that shouts Absolutely. loudest, or or has or has got the longest hand with the with the with the with the ten pound note in it. Yes, that the that catch the eye of the bar. Exactly, bar and the person. bar person, yeah. whichever end of the bar they happen to be when they've finished serving someone, that's the next person they'll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's just not fair. I just yeah, mm. don't like it. There we are. Don't like it. <laughs> nah. Yes, right, okay. Um, now, talking of post offices, cashier number eight. <laughs> um, I noticed this week, or the week before, that the Royal Mail have raised the price of stamps. Uh, I had no idea. I thought a first-class stamp was 72p, but it, apparently, according to this, it's been raised by 10p to 95p, mm. which means it must already be 85p. Indeed, I had no idea. Well, wow. yeah, but you famously I, don't post letters, do you? <laughs> no, no, but my dad does. Yeah. And I did. I, I thought I would have probably would, would have known. Anyway, um... The uh, price of a first-class stamp will be increasing by 12%. Second-class is going up 2p to 68p. There's quite a big difference between first and second class. Yes. Um, the price of the first class will be 12 but the, 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 the blamed. I've written, written that twice. <laughs> Go away. The hike is blamed on declining letter volumes and rising costs. Royal Mail said the number of letters it handled had fallen by more than 60% since the peak of the, 19, uh, the, the, the mid-2000s and about a fifth since the pandemic started. So, I mean, they're up against it, to be fair. And they, I just don't know if raising the price of stamps is going to encourage people who are already emailing people all the time anyway to then be, be more likely to email them, are they? I think so, and I think Steve Litchfield agrees with you. He came, He popped in and said... Uh, with the prices, people with these prices, people will send less letters, meaning they'll have to yeah. raise the prices again, and so on, and yeah. so on, and so on. Sigh, says Steve. All I send these days are PSC <laughs> prizes. Yay! I've had a few of those and phones to Ted. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I mean, I I think it, it's the progress of time. I mean, you you put a very nice post in the Wee Group this week, Ted. Uh, you know, bemoaning this a sort of better before post times gone by, and I think this is just one of them. I think it's it's in it's yeah. inevi inevitable that you know the world moves on and email is the way to go or beyond email now we're using so many other social media platforms people don't send as many letters as they used to and it's just something we're going to have to live with we are and um i think that that's the way it is and and all these um delivery services are going to be about larger things about you know amazon size parcels it, it, a courier service and exactly i mean they're, they're... I, I don't i don't know how long letters are going to last to be honest i mean until they actually invent teletransportation they will not be able to email yeah. you something you bought from amazon that still has no. to arrive on the doorstep no. doesn't it However, there must be still quite a lot of um, mail being posted because, you know, stuff comes through the door. Uh, you know, I noticed um, this week um, that at my mum's house, they, they they had this, I mean, it was all junk mail. Well, not all of it, but, but some of it was junk mail. So those people sending out junk mail must still be using that service and think it's worth doing. Um, oh, yeah. So it's not it's, it's not like there's nothing being no, posted. No, we, we have regular um, posts. I mean, my mother, of course, my mother is 86, and so her generation do still post, and because she's still involved with various yeah. groups and things, uh, she receives letters and she sends letters. I mean, you know, the, 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 the daily post is still a daily occurrence here for us, even now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all changing, I tell you. Mind you, I say the Daily Post. I remember when I was a kid and there were at least two posts a day, weren't there? Oh, Maybe even yeah. three at times. Second delivery. Second delivery. <laughs> 
Steve Litchfield says, Echoes of Gareth on Tech Addicts, but speaking to carriers and broadband suppliers on the phone, no one seems to understand basic units. Over and over again, says Steve, I hear them talking about 200 <laughs> megabyte bandwidth, when what they actually mean is 200 megabytes per second bandwidth. Not only, or is it megabits? Megabits, I beg your pardon. There you go. I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so not only are they confusing bytes with bits, effectively a factor of 10 out, they're missing out the whole time domain. <laughs> Grr, says Steve. Uh, I tried to educate the poor virgin media lady just now about the difference. And she said, noted. But hey, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep trying to educate the entire populist tech world. I promise. Hmm. Um, they're reading from a script, aren't they? I mean, they're... Th None oh, of yeah, it comes yeah. out of their own brain. Uh, they're reading from a script. And I assume that the higher powers, what wrote the script in the first place, are deliberately dumbing down the language for the masses. I mean, but by example, I, I don't know if any of our listeners saw on Graham Norton last week. Um, they had Jamie Oliver on who said that this whole business of five a day vegetables, five portions of vegetables a day is actually 11 the recommendation is 11 portions a day, but the government decided that the British public couldn't cope with 11 and they'd reduce it to five. So, I mean, things are being dumbed mm. down for us without our even knowing it. I imagine they know perfectly <laughs> well that it should be MBPS, not MB, but they just decided people can't cope with that. I don't know. Yeah, and Steve needs to stop expecting everyone to be a physicist. <laughs> yes, Steve, you need to concentrate on how I'm going to heat my house next year. <laughs> Although I suppose it's reasonable to expect us on Tech Addicts to know. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> uh... Lovely jingle. Oh, you're so kind. It's your best one ever. <laughs> how many more times? Anyone who's got a subwoofer, turn it up and play that jingle again, and then you'll know why we love it's it. It's really bassy. Um, Chris Kelly is going to have the last word um, on Denton Public Swimming Pool. A bit specific, yeah, but that's I mean, okay. I've never heard that's of Denton okay. Public Swimming Pool, but there we go. No, no, no. Um, he said that this one is a relatively new facility, a few miles from home, which is a 10-pin bowling alley in addition to the obligatory what, gym. in the pool? The, well, no wonder it would be. Rather wet, wouldn't it? <laughs> The pool has a couple of rows of seats segregated by a low wall along the length of the pool so that non-swimming friends and family can spectate. You can also enjoy a post-swim hot chocolate in the lounge area. The, the point is that this Denton public swimming pool has been well thought out, well put together, and it's actually a really nice place to, to, to go and use. So, yes, even though it's quite specific to Denton, obviously, um, the, the, that's great. Gold star indeed. Well done, Chris. If you like swimming. Or throwing 10 pin bowling. <laughs> yes, thank you, Chris. <laughs> Uh, I think we're there, aren't we, sir? We're done. Back in two weeks, oh. as always. Um, Whateverworks.works is where you'll find the links to all the claptrap we've been talking about today. TedSalmon.com is where you go if you get lost and we'll, it'll send you in the right direction. AidenBell.com is where you'll find Aiden and his stuff. Actually, someone pointed out that um, there's a, a, an error on my um, TedSalmon.com. I must fix that. It's where the um, Whateverworks.works still goes to the old website. I shall fix it. Fix it at once. Any last words? Uh, no, no. I've I've had fun as always. No, no last words at all. Don't, Mrs. No, don't, don't, no, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> well, there's only one thing left to say. Of course, what we always say. Don't forget, whatever, whatever works, works, works. I don't believe it. We got it right for once. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>